Welcome to Adorama Voice, a voice for creators. I'm your host, Daniel Norton. In this episode, we're going to talk about social media and really the idea of individual creators being the face of their company. What do we put online? Is it risky if we want to really reveal ourselves in our, we'll call them politics and social stances? And even though it's risky, should we do it anyways? We've also got a great review and a call in from Dom. So let's get to it. This week, I want to talk a little bit about putting ourselves out there as the face of our business, kind of related to social media. Actually, I'm going back to an email I got from Mark a couple weeks back. Let me read part of it here. Just finished listening to this week's edition. I get that a bad gig could have negative consequences, and that thought needs to be given about accepting jobs. Are you able to take this a little further? Have You haven't mentioned social media, such as Instagram, Facebook. I'd like to hear your thoughts on what to post, when to post, etc. Okay, so I mean, I, this is the direction I like the podcast to go in. As far as what to post, when to post, this is, of course, there's lots of people out there that are going to tell you algorithms and this and that, and it changes all the time. It just as a general thing, which is not the philosophical part that I'm about to get into, you know, I think that uh, you want to post consistently enough that it feels natural for you. I've seen too many people, like especially with Instagram stories, where it's, it looks so forced. Like it doesn't feel like they're enjoying doing the story. They're not actually out having fun. It's like they're seeking a story to put out there. And to me, that comes off as disingenuous. It makes me not want to look at it. That's me personally. So that'd be my advice there. But what I really want to talk about here is the idea of what I'm going to call politics. Now, the word politics is thrown around a lot and it often encompasses things like social issues as well. And a couple of weeks back, right around the time I got this email, which is kind of all tied in together, another podcast group I'm part of, I have a podcast on gaming as well, it was talking about the idea of a couple of people made some, we'll say political statements or put some political thoughts into their podcast. And this is not common because one of the general mantras with the gaming community is, well, I just want a game. I don't want to have politics. It made me think, if we have a platform and we have people listening, that hundreds of people listening to my podcast and something happens in the world, or specifically in the United States, for me, because that's where I am, or New York even more so, and I believe strongly in it, should I feel comfortable or maybe even obligated to say something about it, to put the word out there? Not necessarily to preach, but just to make a stand, make my stand clear. That is to say, I believe this, I feel this way. We do see a lot of companies doing this with generic statements. Oftentimes when something happens, a tragedy, a, a terrible you know, hurricane comes through, you know, you see all the companies, they put the little tags on their Facebook and they make the, the statement that was clearly written by a PR company over and over again, looked at, made sure every word was exactly right. You know, how many of us look at those statements from those companies and go, oh yeah, you know, Walmart or whatever, not to single Walmart, really cares about this, you know, it, because it, we don't think that, right? But- when you are an individual creator, when you go onto any of my platforms, if you go onto my Instagram, if you go onto my YouTube, uh, my Facebook page, my Twitter, that's me, right? I'm not a company. I mean, I am a company, but I'm not a company of multiple people that, that has a, you know, a staff that's trying to set a direction of the company. What you're getting is me. And I, I think individual creators it, kind of rolling back before the internet was this big thing and there was all these inter individual creators the way they are now. The closest thing I can think of would be musicians, and I've talked about this before, or maybe writers, where you are kind of your own little thing, right? 
when you have a musician, you know, kind of the famous uh, thing that was kind of put out there, uh, you know, you hear people talk about it a lot with musicians is shut up and sing, which I always think is interesting uh, because, you know, I don't want to hear your politics. But at the same time, if you are an artist and you are creating music, aren't you already putting yourself into it? Wouldn't you have at least a general idea of the person's politics when you're listening to their music? The sad part is, for most people, no. Right? A lot of people don't listen to the lyrics, don't look at the deeper parts. And we see that. We see that and then there's memes made about it and jokes. It's like, oh, you didn't know that this was about this? Yeah, you know, and this is nothing new, right? People have always been that way. You hear a rockin' beat or a dance beat and you just really like the song and you don't know that it's about a certain social issue and it's fine. And maybe you don't even agree with or care about or have any connection to that social issue, but you're singing that song along the thing, right? So, but then when you go to the concert because you want to hear that song in concert and the singer gets up and says, hey, this was about, you know, child abuse or, you know, whatever it might be. You're just like, I don't want to hear your politics, but it's like this politics are already there. They're already in the music. And I think we as creators are also like that. I think that unless you are strictly commercial and only do work for other people or try to copy trendy stuff on Instagram, we don't actually put your your soul and your 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 mentality, your your life into your images, then your images say something. I hope that when you look at my work, my images say something to you and not just, oh, look, he used a blue gel on the background, right? Oh, smoke or, you know, oh, a mirror effect or a rainbow. Those things can all be fun, but why are we using them? What is what is the point, right? This is going off on the side thing. So we as creators, if we are already putting forward kind of a face that is true to us as a person, then it probably shouldn't be too shocking to our audience when we make some kind of statement like that. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't follow and enjoy and really like creators that create things that are outside of our uh, political or social beliefs, right? We, there might be a lot of people that we follow where we are like, oh, I really like this work. And then, you know, they say something and you're just like, ooh, cringe. What should happen there? Should they not say something? Should they just stay generic or should they put it out there? Is it better for us to know that this person had these beliefs so we can either support them in it because we feel the same or say, you know what, I don't know if I want to support this person because their beliefs are not things that I believe in and in fact are the opposite, right? These are the risks that we're going to take when we put ourselves out there as creators. How much of us do we want to put public? Now, I think a big part of this, as far as doing it in what I'll call a successful way, is to do it with tact. That is to say, if you've got something to say, even if it's a major emotional situation, if you are an artist, I think the strongest tact is to try to create art around the thing that is emotional to you and use that as your means to penetrate the audience while also in a more, we'll say, controlled way, making your statements. That is to say, if something happened and you had something to say about it, putting 17 stories in your Instagram or on Twitter and start arguing with people about it when none of your work and none of your personality has ever shown people that you might be interested in this thing can come off as a little disingenuous. I remember when there were protests going on during COVID for Black Lives Matters and one of my friends, she actually made that statement on Facebook. She said, oh, I see a lot of people here that are putting up 
flags and doing this and this, but you know, where were you when this was happening? Why you've never spoke about this before. You never, you know, did this. So it's kind of like, it doesn't come off as you're genuine and you want to be genuine as a creator, right? We want to be genuine, even if, even at the expense of losing followers or possibly losing work, I think we want to be genuine because if we have to step into a situation where we are a false self, our work will suffer. And if our work suffers, probably will, so will our career. I get so many emails and, and personal messages and direct messages and whatever, depending on what platform you're on or whatever they call it, that say something to the effect of, I like listening to the podcast in this case, or, you know, listening to your videos where you sit on your front porch and talk about things or even tutorial videos, because it feels like we know each other. Like I'm your buddy or whatever, you know, not in a creepy way. I mean, maybe <laughs> let's hope not, but you know, they, they feel like they can connect with me. And that's one thing I try to do is be myself so that people can feel like a connection to me. And it's really interesting when I meet some of you, like at conferences, if I'm teaching or something, and the way that you come up to me as if we've known each other for a long time. And that's amazing to me because it's like, that means I'm putting my true self out there. When somebody comes up to me and they say, they just start talking to me as if we've talked before. I mean, maybe we have a little bit via, you know, messaging, but like we're friends. This is the, what I'm looking for. This is what I want. This is why I do this. I want to connect people. I want people to feel like they know me. I'm putting myself out there so that you can connect with me. I'm telling you, you know, my stories, my secrets. I'm not trying to hide behind some kind of facade that is a polished, like external business. Now, because of that, I will have a different audience, a different uh, following, a, a different customer base than somebody who's, let's say, just is a very slick, never really makes any personal statements. It's all about the, oh, did you see me standing over here? Look at how I'm backlit and I'm walking in slow motion in all my videos. It, again, I'm throwing a little shade there and see, that's my personality. The reality is that person is creating a persona that you're following. You're not following them. So when that person comes out and makes a political statement or a social statement, it could be, it could be really jarring. I mean, I don't think, I mean, not that I want people to call in, but I think it's, most people would probably be pretty clear about where I sit on many social issues. I think I'm pretty open about that. And so when I make a statement or I say something, I think that, it's not a surprise, you know, maybe it would be, and maybe people know that and they follow me anyways, much like one of my favorite musicians, um, uh, Bruce Springsteen is very much an example of this. Springsteen's music has always been political, always been political, but every once in a while, he'll have a song that really gets noticed as being political and you'll go to a concert and people will be, they'll be like complaining about, like, Oh, this guy because this is the way he expresses his feelings and his beliefs. This is what he does. He does the music to express. Now, you may not want to buy that record because it's about a certain topic, you know, homelessness or whatever, but that doesn't take away the fact that he has the right to do it. And he has the right to lose that sale, which is kind of what you got to look at. I feel like every week I'm talking about risk and reward, and I think that's very common in life and as an artist. So I'm going to give a couple of examples. Now, the other day I was walking, I was in Beacon, uh, Beacon's a beautiful little town on the Hudson River, and they've got a lot of a little downtown that's been kind of uh, been adding more kind of funky stores and stuff in the last few years, which is really nice. I love when downtowns get revitalized. See, I'm telling you something politically. I am all about small business, downtowns being revitalized. That's what I like. I am a small business owner, so I like that. Anyways, I'm walking down the street, and I see a, and I'm with my friend, Nikki, and we're like, oh, let's get a coffee. 
and we're walking and because everybody wants coffee. And I saw a store that had coffee. And as I got closer to it, I saw in the window, they had a political statement. And I looked at it and I thought, yeah, I'm going to get a coffee here. I want to support these people because they are putting out exactly who they are on the street, right? They're putting the sign up and it's not saying stay away if you don't believe this for sure, but certainly people who are opposed to that political stance might be like, I'm not going to buy coffee there. And that is the risk that they're taking by doing that. On the other hand, they may attract people like me who appreciate that somebody will stand up for things that they believe in. And I think that that's what you're going to get. If you build your audience based on your true personality, it shouldn't hurt you too much when you make some kind of a statement unless you've just never let that come out before. Very specifically, on the other side of the coin, and I got permission to tell this story, so uh, my friend Seth, who's an amazing photographer, if you don't know who Seth Miranda is, I will put a link in the description below. He shoots special effects and portraits. He's a teacher, really amazing photographer, probably one of the few photographers that I would let walk onto my set and make changes. He has got, he's got it, right? He's got the skill. But anyways, Seth made a statement after there was a recent shooting, school shooting, uh, about gun control. And he told me that the next day he lost 200 followers. And in a way, I wasn't surprised, right? Because I think that when we are something like Instagram, where your images are really just your statement, right? It might be harder for people to see the real you if they're not looking at your stories and stuff, right? Because Instagram is just a portfolio, right? If you just look at my pictures, sure, you have an idea, I hope, like I said at the beginning, I would hope that when you look at my images, you get some kind of a context of where I am, right? But at the same time, you know, it's it's not like Twitter where you're writing statements. Like, I like chocolate ice cream. You know, like you're writing that on Twitter every day, right? But on Instagram, you're just making photos of chocolate ice cream and maybe people don't realize that that's your favorite. So anyway, my point being is that on some level, it was like, wow, you know, that, that's kind of crazy. But then it was kind of like, yeah, well, good, good riddance. You know, I mean, it's like you shouldn't feel like you can't make a statement. If you feel that way, then I think you're going in a slightly wrong direction. And I think that you want to reconsider where you stand, because at some point you will likely need to make some kind of a statement. Something will happen that you'll need to step up and express your opinion on. I often think that when we don't have something like positive or something that can add to the conversation, it's best to listen to those who have the information. So I'm a lot less likely to put some kind of a statement up when something happens because I usually don't have enough information. I don't really have a solution, you know, and I think just saying, oh, I feel so bad that this happened is really not as productive as we'd like it to, to think it would be, right? So, uh, you know, me personally, I tend to not do a lot of things like that, but every once in a while, you'll see, if you follow me on social media, you will see that I will re-blog uh, or recopy or share, depending on the, the platform, right? Somebody's thing that they did, I think was really well-written or really makes a point well, because this is something I believe in. If I do have something I want to say, then I will certainly say it and I will take the hit if need be, because I think that's important. I think if you really believe in something, then you need to step up and say it. And even though when you're looking at your Instagram and you're trying to grow or whatever, you're better off growing slowly with people who truly want to interact with you than very quickly with generic images that will just make you the next person using blue gels on the background. 
So I think put yourself into your work. That's my opinion there. How often do we post something like that? It really depends on the platform, right? I wouldn't necessarily post something political every day or social every day unless that was something I did. If I was a documentary photographer documenting, let's say, the homeless, then of course I'd be posting all the time because that's what I do, right? I'm more of a portrait photographer and a lot of my interactions with my subjects are pretty private. So I don't necessarily want to put those on a public platform and, you know, like our conversations and stuff, unless people, you know, want me to do that. I've spoken about that before. I've done some lectures where I've talked about images and I asked the subjects ahead of time if I could talk about the situations going on. But generally, I don't want to just throw it out there in the world. So for me, I tend to let the images speak for themselves. If you see an image and you have a certain emotion or you think a certain thing, then that's probably, hopefully, what I was trying to get you to feel. And that's how I generally make my statement. As far as numbers of images and, and things like that, you know, going back all the way back to the beginning, like I said, these things change, but I think you want to be consistent and you want to be consistent, not just with how often you post, but who you are when you put yourself forward. So this gets us talking about the difference between an individual creator, which is primarily what I've been talking about here, and a company. Now, let's go back to that coffee shop that I went past. So the coffee shop has a sign that has a political statement. I looked at it and said, I believe in that political statement and I want coffee anyways. I'm going to support them. So I go in there. There's a dozen people working in this this coffee shop. Do they all believe that statement? Do they need to stick by that statement if somebody, a customer walked in and was like, you believe in this? I mean, first of all, huh, customer off the street, like asking that, but this is what the internet is, right? If you're in a coffee shop, it's going to be rare that somebody's going to come off the street and be like, I saw a sign in your window saying, you know, supporting the national parks and I don't believe in natural park, national parks. I'm a lumberjack. And, and they start yelling at the cashier. And it's like, the cashier doesn't necessarily believe in national parks either. They might just work for the place. So, I mean, ideally we want to work for companies that align with us ethically and socially and stuff, but that's not always the case, right? We have to work, especially I'm talking about not the arts, but jobs in general, careers and such. Sometimes you work for companies that aren't really exactly lined up. I've, I have and do work for companies that don't exactly line up for, as long as they don't go too far the other way. You know, they're not, uh, so outlandish that it's like offensive to me, but they might not be exactly where I stand. And I do consider that. And I have turned down work for companies that I didn't believe in their uh, stance. I don't go to restaurants and stores and shop at certain places. I don't believe their stance. And I do support the ones that I do. So for me, it's a natural thing to look for and to try to figure out where somebody stands. I don't think they are required to do that. I don't think they should be required, I should say, to do that. If you don't have something really strong to say about a subject, then don't say anything. You don't have to, right? But you are making that statement. It's kind of like what I said about taking the job thing. If I become the staff photographer for a politician and they are completely on the opposite side of the social spectrum than I am, it might clash in a certain sense because, you know, unless I just keep my mouth shut, I guess, but it'll look like to my audience who I've built up now, knowing that I support, you know, let's say the other candidate. Now, all of a sudden I'm posting all these pictures of this candidate and ideally good pictures because I'm working for them. Are people going to leave and be like, oh, now you support that person? I mean, they might. So we do want to be careful about that. A couple more things I want to cover here. And this was actually a big point for one of the people on the RPG chat was that RPG being role playing games was that a lot of the times when somebody posts something or in this particular thing that somebody, a company did, it was what they categorized as an American political issue. Like it was something that was happening in America and the United States of America. 
And you, and he, and he posited, you know, should we, we have worldwide markets, right? So we've got, uh, you know, people like here in the podcast, I know that there's a, a decent percentage of the podcast, something like 40% of the podcast that's outside the United States. So when I'm talking about American political issues, do you even care about that? Do you want to hear my opinion on that? Is that, can you correlate that to your own country and, and those beliefs? And is it still worthwhile? Do you have an opinion on that if you're outside that com- country, right? I mean, certainly when I look at world politics, I have opinions about it, even though it's not directly related to me. So I don't know that's such a, a, a good reason to not say something. Again, how important is it to you to say something about that? Because one thing we do, again, rolling back to the individual creator, we open ourselves up to being attacked, not necessarily physically attacked, but attacked in the way that, you know, slamming us with direct messages, retweeting terrible stuff, uh, what they call doxing, right? Where they look up your personal information and put it online to people that might come and harass you in person. If I'm a large company, if I'm Apple, let's say, you know, an individual person, they're probably not going to go after. They'll go after Apple, who has all the resources to be like, yeah, you know, this is what we believe. And here's our 30 uh, social media people that are going to crush everything you're doing. But when you're an individual person, you can get shut down by bots. I once had a random bot attack on my, again, one of my gaming channels. It was so weird and it didn't have anything to do with anything. It was actually incredibly racist and terrible. It freaked me out, actually. Now I use a thing to block bots. But people do things like that. It's not hard to do, right? So you've got to know that if you're a creator and you're putting content out there, that people can mess with you a lot easier when you're smaller. So pick your battles. Make sure they're important to you. Make sure you've got your facts straight and you have something to add to the conversation. Don't just put the little color thing on your Facebook profile and walk away and never deal with it. If it's something that actually touches you, even if you've never been in connection with it before, get connected, learn about it, make it part of your life, help to make change that you believe in, and feel free to use your social platforms to do that as long as you do it in a way that is intelligent and measured. Adorama supports this podcast, and you can too by going to adorama.com and picking up any of your photo, video, audio, and electronics needs. Also check out adorama.com slash create no matter what, where there's all kinds of contests going on and you can win all kinds of cool gear. Okay, I got an email from Dom who also left a voice message. So I'm going to read the email first, play the voice message, and then we'll talk about it. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's refreshing to hear something different in the glut of gear reviews online. I recorded a message with my own experience of what creating what I want has done for me that has nothing to do with a career or social media following. No worries if it doesn't fit the show. Regards, Dom. This is exactly what fits the show, Dom. Thank you for uh, writing in, and I'm going to play the message now. I know I said I was going to respond after I did, but you know what? I got, I got excited. This is exactly what the show is about to me. Let me know your experiences. Not everybody is going to want to have, I mean, maybe everybody wants to, a million followers on Instagram, and not everybody wants to do this professionally. Photography is a passion for so many of us. So feel free to write in and call in with anything you have to say about photography, your thoughts. And if it's something I can use on the show, like with Mark did with social media, I most certainly will. So thanks, Dom. Let's hear his message. Hi, Daniel. My name is Dom. I'm a photographer from Sydney, Australia, mainly portraits and cosplay. I wanted to touch on the topic of how creating what feels right to us can improve our lives. Hopefully it'll be helpful to someone. When I initially took up photography, I had the pleasure of being both introverted and painfully shy. I would take photos of anything and everything except for people. Having someone stand there and stare back down the lens was too confronting and I actively avoided portraiture. 
over time, I realized that most of the images that produced an emotional reaction in me had people in them. And since that was an insurmountable barrier for me at the time, I slowly stopped taking photos and didn't pick up a camera for five years or so. But I never stopped considering myself a photographer. One day, as I was getting ready to go to a convention, I charged my camera battery and took it along. I didn't plan anything out, I just started approaching people to take their photo, um, which over time turned into many people at many conventions. It wasn't easy, and I talked myself out of approaching people many times. The analogy that I use is that I was like a skydiver that loved skydiving but was terrified of being in a plane. In order to make the photos I wanted, I had to get out of my comfort zone. After doing this for a while, I've met many like-minded people, travelled for events and shoots, and had the realisation that I no longer had the same social anxiety and was actively seeking events and experiences that I would previously have avoided. Anyway, thanks for making this podcast. I've been enjoying your videos both on your channel and Adoramas for years, and always thought it would be great to sit in the audience and watch Seth face palm to your jokes in person sometime. Thanks for sharing that, Dom. You know, I can totally relate. I think I've mentioned this before, that I was also, when I was much younger, I was, I probably still am, a very much an introvert and the camera was a way that allowed me to connect with people and i've heard people say that that's kind of bad or oh, just put up a camera so you can meet you know girls or boys or whatever you're doing uh you know but the reality is is that yeah kind of but not in like a creepy 500 millimeter lens way in a it's a way to break the ice it was a way for me to interact with people where i felt like i had a little bit of I don't want to say safety. I guess safety is the right word. I could, you know, I'm standing back. I'm making the photo. I've got a little bit of control and, you know, I'm taking their attention without having to, to sing a song and jump them down, <laughs> which I probably would do now. But when I was younger, I was very shy. So yeah, photography can be that for people. And if that's what it is for you, then that's amazing. I think that anything that we do as an art should help us grow and change and develop as people. So Sounds like that's the case. Thanks, Dom, for leaving that message. I love that story. If anybody else has a cool story or they want to talk a little bit about their work, again, attach a message and send it to me and we'll play it here. One of the best ways to support a small podcast like this one is to rate and review it. So if you could jump onto your podcast app of choice and give me a rating, hopefully five stars. And if you've got a moment, write a review. I read a review every week. And this one is from T 7 from Apple Podcasts. Great Britain. Insightful. Very human. Five stars. Wonderful podcast. Been watching his YouTube channel for a while. Something he makes very, very much his own. Definitely not out of a mold. Pleasantly eccentric and produces high quality photographs whilst talking to us almost it seems by accident. But it's not. He's good. I'm not a professional photographer and never will be. But his openness and agreeableness flow into the podcast intelligent and very human podcast that I very much enjoy and can even learn from Phil. Hey, thanks, Phil. Yeah. I, this kind of goes back to what I was saying, right? I try to put myself forward. I, I believe that anything I do in the arts is me. I think it's a representation of me as a human and as an artist. And I think that when we put ourselves out there, it's of course a bit of a risk because not everybody's going to like you. But I think when you find people that genuinely do follow and do interact those are the ones you really want around. I'd much rather have really dedicated listeners than lots and lots of listeners that never interact. So I do really appreciate everybody who writes a review and calls in. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks Mark for your email that made a whole episode out of. Uh, thanks Dom for your call in. And if you guys would like to be part of the show, you can 
use the Anchor app. There's a link in the show notes below to leave me a message up to one minute long. Or if you got something longer to say, you can record a voice memo on whatever device you have and email it to adoramavoice at gmail.com. If you don't want to record your voice, you can simply write me an email at the same address, adoramavoice at gmail.com, and I can read it on the air if you'd like. Until next week, I'll talk to you soon.